You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. The business of cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www. business of cannabis welcome to everyone listening uh today as always so very appreciative that you're with us i'm dave sky and i'll be joined by my co-host matt cook at the end of the show for the wrap-up for new listeners on the business of cannabis you can expect to hear the most relevant groundbreaking innovative business stories from the cannabis front lines the latest in cannabis brands services innovations in retail software distribution marketing a hard look at the hard realities of making money in the cannabis industry now, today we're focusing on some ancillary services that have grown up around cannabis. These are mature business offerings uh, that have turned their minds, if you will, to the cannabis space, uh, not, and not necessarily an organic way, in a very purposeful, uh, measured way. These are players who have come to realize cannabis is becoming a significant sector in the economy uh, and one that's growing rapidly. And I don't mean this in a cynical way, just people are in a sense, waking up and smelling the cannabis roses. And cannabis needs these people because uh, you know, at some point the rubber hits the road and you need to sell product efficiently. You need to respond to customers. You need to market your services. You need to sell your services and you need to manage your staff. These are business issues that need to be addressed and people are stepping up and providing these solutions. And today we invited uh, two guests on the show that provide uh, solutions in two areas. Uh, PR and uh, HR. So a bit of a rhyme there. Lori Rosen has run a tremendously successful PR agency for years out of uh, Manhattan. Uh, if she hasn't done it in the PR field, it's probably not worth doing. Lori has created a cannabis division in her agency and not because she has to. The Rosen Group has lots of work, lots of clients, but she saw uh, an opportunity and also necessity, uh, the cornerstones of entrepreneurship, if you will. And we're going to find out what uh, PR means in the cannabis arena, uh, what certain companies are doing well uh, and what mistakes uh, people are making. Uh, then we speak to Scott Kenyon. Uh, and I apologize for the appalling pun, but Scott works at Work, spelled W-U-R-K. Uh, work is a workplace management software platform, handles your payroll, HR, uh, scheduling, timekeeping. Very robust system. Uh, Scott's an experienced individual who has some key insights into why any business needs to incorporate technology to manage uh, their business processes. Uh, no one gets into cannabis uh, business uh, thinking, you know, what's my PR strategy? Or how am I gonna manage my payroll? Or what workforce management software should I buy first? But you can go bankrupt because you don't turn your mind to these things. And I think uh, you're gonna learn a lot from our guests uh, uh, from that perspective. 
Well, I learn a lot from all our guests, but that's the benefit of not knowing anything. Uh, an opportunity to improve. So let's improve together with Lori Rosen of the Rosen Group and Scott Kenyon of Work on the business of cannabis. The business of cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www. Welcome to the uh, business of cannabis. We are going to take a, a little uh, deep dive into uh, the PR world in the cannabis space uh, by speaking with Lori Rosen, um, who has uh, spent her life in the PR field, uh, uh, a resume uh, far too long to spell out in detail. So let's just uh, take the mountaintop approach and mention she founded the Rosen Group in, 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 mm -hmm. in 1984 in New York City. The president has directed the firm success for some decades, has worked with Time, Sony, Land Rovers, Sony and PC Mag, Atlantic, too many, too many clients on and on, Reader's Digest, full service um, firm, uh, but lately has focused some of its attention in the cannabis sector. And coincidentally, that's what this show's about. So we have a serendipitous moment. Uh, so welcome uh, to the show, Lori. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And um, I'll go right in because the cannabis industry and our practice has really infused a whole new life into our business. I mean, I've had a you know, successful career and, and work with a lot of different clients, industry sectors, automotive, as, as you mentioned, media, industry associations, beer and wine, um, on and on, and the vices, right. I, I say. But um, about 10 or I guess 12 years ago, a cop, one of my colleagues in New York walked into the office and said, moving to Denver, still want to work for you. And um, I said, okay. He was a real rainmaker, very smart and talented. Right. And as very quickly, Colorado became the first green legal state. And so she became very entrenched. And we worked from the really from the beginning um, on a lot of different dispensaries, seat to sale, Legislate regulators, the Cannabis Business Alliance, all the. Oh you know, wow! Okay, but just in Denver, like in. It's all in, in Denver slash Colorado, right. but it just everyone was charting new territory, and so sure. we were there a lot right. for the ride. Trailblazing. Yep. <laughs> was it that must have been interesting because it's probably in your whole career you never got involved in a new industry. All those industries were there when you started working. You just were good at, and then you land in a, what was that like? Was that so, somehow a learning experience? Was it different or was it just, okay, it's another industry. I'm just in it. So the thing I liken it to is the dot-com phase or, or um, wave in 1998, right. 1999, when before the crash, but when companies would come in and saying, uh, starting a, a site for pets or, or everything, actually. I mean, they would come sure. to see us 
before they even had a business card made up. They'd make up the business card. They had no office and everyone had offices. Then. All the, just $100 million of investor money in the bank. And, and, now and they here we to go. You're going to gonna make up, you're gonna yeah. double the bar value. <laughs> right. And in so the, anyway, yeah, that was... <laughs> that was obviously an exciting moment in time in business, and it was fun to sort of ride that wave. But in the back of your head, you sort of knew that it wasn't going to be, it wasn't sustainable. It just it had a crash. And so um, anyway, so the cannabis business, much different, but the same sentiment of Wild West, tons of enthusiasm, attracts a wide range of, of people from the sort of cannabis. Uh, right, you know, kind of culture. Yeah, culture who really yeah. believe in I think planet. we can agree that cannabis attracts interesting people, a wide ranging, interesting, welcoming, op more open people. It's different that way. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And then there's also the suits, the, you know, the sure. older men yeah. who, um, you know, have a lot right. of capital and want right. to benefit from this business. See an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but the young one, the younger ones, or the not necessarily younger, but the ones that are plant based first and really believe in in the benefits and both medicinal and recreational, yeah. they're the you know their passion is much stronger, and so they're they're equally succeeding, but they need less money to to pour in. Right, to, it's in, a different yeah. a different yeah. approach. Yeah, so let's build on that. You went. This is a. Uh, if not often you talk to someone who was right there at the beginning, what were the unique qualities of this industry from a PR perspective that you learned, have learned over the years that I, okay, if I, I if I was a running shoe company, I'm, I assume you'd say, sure, I'd be happy to help you. Um, here's the playbook. Is there a separate playbook? Because no. cannabis <laughs> is cannabis or is it? No, it's, you know, okay. Company's a company. We're writing the playbook as we are still all writing are. The, still we're, we're writing all the playbook, developing, <laughs> so, but more um, editing. <laughs> but the, and everyone's learning along the way from regulation okay. to development right. to branding. There, there's nobody knows the answers. Okay. I don't think. However, um, the big differential is that you had to remember that it's not le it wasn't legal nationally, still isn't, and so you would hit some of the national media outlets from the Times, the Wall Street Journal, and they'd say, well, what, what are you crazy? I can't cover cannabis, it's not legal. They'd say, yeah, but, but, but. So then you sort of retooled and um, focused on the states where it was legal. So initially Colorado, and then there were the Colorado, then there were the cannabis and still our media outlets. So they were like the B2B or trade industry ones. But consumers are, were reading them too. So the, they're just shifting. Broadcast was impossible to get yeah, on again right. uh, for a gazillion still reasons. Is. Yeah. Still, still is, but less so. Right. And okay. then also initially the USA Today, AP, you know, all the major outlets opened up um, bureaus in Denver, even if they, they you know, were right. added to them and had cannabis reporters. So okay. that was a way to hit. So you just sort of had to navigate it differently. Okay. And you still do for press events. If you're not an elite, you can't, or for press, particularly with COVID, you can't send samples to, 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 to media because it's, <laughs> That's right. it's yeah. illegal. So yeah. yeah, and I mean, 
I had that experience. I was at MJ BizCon and someone said, here, you know, like, and I'm like, what, I, I, what am I supposed to, I can't take this. Like, I can't it's, take this home. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to say something at the border or it's going to get exactly. really awkward because I, yeah. I live in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate really it. Yeah. yeah. I accepted yeah. it and they gave it to someone else. And so I, I became a hero. But anyway, go on. Yeah. No, but um, so that, you know, all of these things as the industry evolved and it still right. is are workable. So you, you get influencers to go to a dispensary to get the, the samples. But there's also, you know, the CBD world when, when we worked with clients that had both THC products and right, CBD. The, the medicinal side, yeah. Well, that was the, the CBD part was allowed to, to be broadcast and, and featured and covered everywhere. So that was mm-hmm. sort of could become the driver for the business, for the brand. So again, there was, yeah, gotcha. certain ways navigate that and that must have been a major learning curve because you're so used to approaching things i'm assuming on a national level for the most part always obviously legal but but you can't do that with cannabis so easily so now you have to learn each state and the nuances and who your audiences and which publications or what outlets would work there it must it you know it was a challenge but the and the unifying point is that every single, I mean, it's like proof is in the pudding in the, in the sales, every single legal state, whether it's medicinal or recreational, their sales are record. It's right. mind boggling how right. much, it's growing. so right. it's growing, it's growing. Figure on some level, right. Yeah. Yeah. We are talking to Lori Rosen, uh, who uh, is principal owner of the Rosen Group and learning about PR and the challenges of PR and also what we're hearing, the opportunities uh, um, in the cannabis space. So let's, let me ask, let's switch gears. This is, as you were talking, I'm thinking, okay, let's get some specifics to, to sort of understand a bit more of what does PR mean in this space. Let's assume, you know, I don't know, I'll take, uh, I have uh, 20 locations. I'm in two or three states. Let's say I'm in rec, I'm in medicinal. Um, what's the PR fundamentals? What I, and I come to you and say, yeah, it, you know, I've been very lucky. It, it sort of organically grew. And now I realize I don't have any PR strategy. I haven't done anything. I've heard about so, you. What, what, what process do you take me through? What fundamentals have to be put in place? And what kind of investment? you know, on different stages. So um, first let's look at the dispensaries. Are they um, aesthetically different? Is it a cultural thing? Are they modeling Apple stores? If so, we'll hit the design aesthetics of, you know, building designs and retail designs and, you know, try to sort of build that angle. Is Is it a dispensary known for bud tenders who are super knowledgeable. Mm. If so, can the bud tenders host a series of seminars or events? Again, all of this was COVID restricted, but it's all gonna, it's gonna come back. Changing, yeah. Yeah, um, so have consumers come in and, and learn, you know, for, from, from sure. the experts. Um, and then there's also, do they, what the brands are, what's selling, you could do trend stuff. This one's selling for Valentine's Day, a certain type of, I don't know, but sure, or, okay. Or so, developing a connection to the consumer based on 
whatever makes sense to the type of yeah leveraging the holidays leveraging the seasons um there's in new york a women-owned dispensary which is i'm on their email list so i see all their marketing but you know that's what's it's national women's right okay yeah look through what are the angles what sets them apart and just build that build that and then then you do go back to the traditional retailers do they have uh, loyalty programs for their customers you know then you sort of go back to the other traditional non-cannabis and models and see what works and then and then apply some of those things is it more expensive because of can the restrictions you you know not really no, yeah. it's it's maybe on some level less expensive because there's what I'm hearing is it's a lot of small PR if you if you will it's it's well, it's local markets it's focusing on these issues where if I if it actually was Apple <laughs> it's a different strategy <laughs> than right. gee what you know uh, what's your strategy in uh, in Colorado and Denver it's not quite like that. We're, right. we're it's a different and and yes apple i need 10 million dollars i I'm, you know but here it sounds I mean, like you can make a lot of you can have a lot of positive you can create real positive momentum for a business by focusing on those smaller other elements right no you're right for dispensaries in a certain state or a certain region there's only a certain amount of you know there's a there's a finite right. media base to to pitch. However, most dispensaries, uh, everyone is on the growth track. They want to expand. They want to expand within the state, and then they want to take what they learned and go to other markets. So the cannabis media in general mm. is good also for that, for those okay. types of you know, strategic efforts. So most people are coming to you with a growth, with, with what exactly. you say, what are your goals? And it's always growth. Start here and then we're going to, yeah. Right. Yeah, As sure. opposed to some industries where I imagine they approach you and say, oh, we want to protect our, you know, uh, we want 2% sales growth and you know, not, not 2,000, <laughs> right. which right. is, well, I mean, if you have a billion dollars in sales, 2% is pretty good. You know, <laughs> right, right. There's something to that. Uh, okay. What if I'm, I forgot to mention my national brand of pre-rolls and edibles. I'm coming to you for that. Is there a different playbook? What's that? What what can um, you do for me there? I'm, I don't have fun tenders. It's not a local thing. We're not doing, you know, or maybe I am doing webinars and I'm not, it's not a design thing. What what's the that playbook for me? How can so you help we're me? Gonna, okay, so we're gonna have to be even more creative and um exhibit it. That sounds expensive. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah. um we're we're going to do B2B and we're going to do B2C because we want to create consumer demand. Um, we're, we're going to do what we call activations in today's media world. And that means going to a cannabis restaurant in LA and showing your wares and inviting influencers and media to, to come. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's sort of what I'm saying. Wow. In the sense that what, like there's complexity there because that can, that can take you in so many you know uh whether it's a endorsement from a celebrity or like you said an influencer in some way or the complexity is the and the and it is that's the operative word it's not just a straight path to to media relations yeah um what what um what 
what mistakes do you see companies make over and over again that kind of drive you crazy and you go like why doesn't someone just pick up the phone and call me (laughs) well here's here's how i see it we have a lot of people that are new into everyone's new relatively new into the industry you almost have to be right yeah just nobody's worked there before and so um they're not all marketers by trade the market the successful marketers are not you know they're staying at at the big at Apple or, or Netflix or P&G, you know, they're staying at those large companies. They're not moving. I've never Apple. heard of them, but anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so now we're dealing with owners and investors who see a TikTok video and say, wait, wait, we should be doing TikTok. Or mm. they see a podcast and a certain, you know, what, whatever they see, they feel like they're missing out. So let's spend, so there's not like a, there's not a, like a good foundation of knowledge. And mm. so they tend to overspend. And in the end, the, you know, the result, the ROI isn't as, as good. So that's what I see in terms of we're like mm. strategics, not slow and steady because everyone is wants everything yesterday, but we sort of know our lane and um, we- yeah. uh, do, do you feel like there's a there's a there's a backlash because I we interviewed uh, someone in sort of the digital marketing field websites and all that and he goes one of the biggest problems I have is people have been burned getting overpromised uh, in other industries they kind of know what the metrics are with with but right right have you um, yeah do you ever get people sure. calling you up going like yeah I worked with someone and they were horrible. I mean, and this this isn't just in the cannabis industry. This is over the years. So, yes. So the bad actors, you know, don't help us. However, as I say, bad clients also like don't blame it on the, you know, like you have to, you have to trust your partner and you have to um, sort of, yeah, be prudent. I mean, that's been our approach for forever. So it it usually works. I have um, had companies come back to us and they say you know it didn't work the first time well you know it's good because you're it's not good but you you learned and now you'll build on what you you know your foundation so doing doing something is better than doing nothing and i guess pr is one of those incremental yeah but you have to do something because it's just way too competitive otherwise i mean i'll leave it this one sort of anecdote which just cracked me up because anybody you know, knew that calls us and we talked to them about what makes their product different and their unique selling points and sure. their growing process, blah, blah, blah. And that's what we take and build on. And this one CBD company called, they were from Europe and they said, we're launching the US. I said, great. What's different about your product? And they said, actually nothing. Right. <laughs> said, you're honest. Right. But now what? Now we have to brand it and now we have to build right. a, you know, but anyway, it's just, it, it's, yeah. it's fun. Fun. Well, I, I, no one got in. I'm assuming no one, no one got into the cannabis space and said, before we even do anything, what's our PR strategy? Right. It's always right. after the fact, and it's like, yes. wait a second, we should probably tell people about what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, it's, and and I'm also assuming, because it's new, people don't always come into it with a lot of knowledge about PR is this mystery. And how do I get my word out? Yeah. And tell people, you know, 
whether on the local or the national level. After all of these years, it kind of baffles me when, you know, sophisticated business people don't have an ounce of knowledge of what the right. mechanics, you know, but yeah. again, that's, that's what keeps us busy. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if <they> did, yeah. <laughs> right. So last, let me ask you one last thing, because as always, we've run out of, almost run out of time. Um, okay. So you've been, you've been a pioneer, you've been there beginning, but it still feels like this industry is, you know, maybe it's not a teenager anymore, but it's a young adult, maybe going its first year university and, you know, a lot of years to go before they're mature adults. Uh, where do you see your cannabis practice in two or three years or five years? What, what do you think you'll be doing sort of the same thing or do you feel it will have evolved on some other level? We'll be doing, it will evolve more in social media because again, oh, once okay. it becomes legal federally, then we'll, then the whole game will change, you know, the whole trajectory. Okay, in the I get you, yeah. Yeah, we've been, you know, stifled to a certain, limited to a certain extent because of, again, federal versus not. And so once that happens, it's gonna- Oh, then, the, then it's that whole new playbook. Yeah. Throughout yeah, the old it, playbook, it's a new playbook. So until <laughs> right. then, this is- But we'll playbook. still do the traditional media <laughs> relations. Right, back to square one. Well, uh, we have been chatting with Lori Rosen, uh, principal of the Rosen Group, talking about uh, what you need to do in, uh, in the cannabis space to, to, so people will actually know what you're doing. <laughs> and um, I will mention the uh, website is Rosen Group PR. So there's two P's there, grouppr.com, rosengrouppr.com. Encourage you to give Lori a call and say, please help me with my PR because I need it, because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe I'll get a professional. <laughs> Maybe. Thank you so much. Oh, my, uh, my pleasure. And uh, we'll, we will be back uh, with more of the business of The Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services. Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www. And welcome back to the business of cannabis. Um, we are uh, excited to bring our next guest. I have a lot of questions because um, it's an interesting offering. Uh, I have the pleasure of talking to Scott Kenyon, um, who has been with WORK, spelt W-U-R-K, since 2018, recently appointed a chief executive officer. Uh, WORK offers uh, software and services to help cannabis companies manage payroll, HR, scheduling, timekeeping, and a bunch more. Uh, he has uh, a long uh, and successful uh, career with uh, both uh, entrepreneurial early stage companies like uh, Funware and Plato Studios, as well as large corporate uh, players like Dell. Um, companies like Canopy Growth, Cresco Labs, Harborside, they all use work. So well, let's find out why. <laughs> Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, David, thank you for uh, having me today. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really interested. Uh, uh, I've always been fascinated by sort of this rise in 
you know, cannabis, there's cannabis industry and I think growing and selling, but then there's a whole service side. Um, and in some ways is growing even faster than the cannabis side itself. So work obviously does a lot of, of, of things. Uh, give us an overview uh, of, of what, it, what it is and, and how all these various elements kind of work together. You got it. You, you yeah. mentioned that all these companies, we call them ancillary companies to the regular typical cannabis company, but ancillary companies that don't really touch the, uh, the flower. Um, I'll tell you what, you're right there. We're all growing tremendously, but our job is to bring solutions to the cannabis industry and support them as if they were not any, but like just a normal company, a non-cannabis company. Uh, okay. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad to be grouped with that, that group of, of folks because there's a lot of sharp people doing some amazing things in the ancillary part of the cannabis business. But work specifically, we are a payroll and HCM company for cannabis and cannabis only. So payroll or typical payroll is paying your employees um, on whatever cycle that is, as well as paying all the employee taxes and taxes to the state, local governments, et cetera. So we, we take care of that. So our customers can focus in on what they love, which is, you know, wherever they're at, their cultivation customer, a dispensary customer, somebody that's fully integrated, um, they're all able to, to, we're able to pay their payrolls and all of their payroll taxes. HCM is human capital management. So think of that as everything you need to do to, to manage and develop and lead your, your people organization. So that's everything from scheduling to performance management, to timekeeping, um, LMS, learning management systems. So we have a whole gamut of, of solutions that customers can come in, um, choose what they want on our platform, and right. off to the running to help develop their, their organization. Wow, that's a lot there. <laughs> um, drill down a little bit, you know, performance management, timekeeping, learning management. Give, us, give me some examples of what is that, like payroll I get. You, you yeah. manage all that and people get paid on time yeah. and the taxes that need to be get paid, get paid and all the complexities there. But those other, the HCM elements, drill down just a little bit. Give me some examples. Yeah, so learning management system, it could be as simple as watch this video of how do you fill out your W-2 form as a new employee. Oh, right. Or it could be a um, series or test or, or booklet on compliance. Right, some states require certain compliance, um, or you as a company want to have a sexual harassment certification. They can go through that LMS. So we have off-the-shelf type certifications we offer, but then uh, our customers can load in their own content for whatever needs they have. So, and, and it's it's really LMS is just whoever thought of a great acronym around it, but it's really just a learning center. Um, oh, okay. Performance management. So. You know, companies are all over the place anymore on performance management. But back in the the old days, it was like, hey, once a year, you'd go and talk to your manager about, hey, I'm going to get, I'm, I want a pay raise, and let's talk about my performance over the last year. So this this process, our our platform allows the employee to go in there and do a self assessment, a manager do a okay. an assessment, and then the next level manager, if needed, and and really drive down it against a performance plan. So. You start your new fiscal year, uh, okay. you can say, hey, corporate level, here's the three goals, but you as uh, the tax specialist, your goals are A, B, and C. So right. you can really 
feel you know what you're being measured to. And at the end of the year, you can you can see how you can track it. those goals. Sorry, Dave, you're not getting your raise. That's what I think. I have <laughs> yeah. that automated message for me. <laughs> Again, that's yeah, I gotcha. So let's let's uh, flip that. What's what's the value prop? Like if if I'm hearing this, like okay, that sounds interesting. Um, what kind of company should I be to be turning to something like this? Is there an ideal client? Are there different values for a huge company? What's the value for a mid or smaller company? Take me through that. So we have the largest cannabis companies on our platform. One of the top three uh, cannabis companies is is on the platform. And we also have mom and pops with as little as three employees. Really? So, but what I would say, so it's good for everybody, but a mom and pop probably doesn't need everything we can go offer. And so we have smaller packages for them. But what happens is they quickly grow they're like, wow, I can't, I can't keep up with this. And I need a system to, 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 to help me with that. And the difference between a cannabis company and a non-cannabis company, the cannabis companies have so many compliance and regulations they have to follow just to maintain their license. And if they lose their license, they lose their business. Mm. So the last thing they want to be worried about, they're trying to keep everything else in line, is to be worried about government taxes, employee pay taxes, or payroll taxes. So we've built that system. To, to take that worry off of them or make it much easier for them. No, I, okay, gotcha. And then if, I guess for the huge company, uh, the, the large companies, well, you're overwhelmed. You, this is a no-brainer. You have to have this yeah. system, whether it's yeah. work or something else, you have to have it. Yeah, and, and as any software you buy out in, outside of cannabis, um, you may really want the top of the line, the, the, the fastest blah, blah, blah. Um, we're, we're a very good platform but if we aren't the best in one of those areas, we'll help integrate. So maybe a Cresco, as you mentioned earlier, may need a better um, learning management system. And uh, they have yeah. one um, that they go out there um, and they license from whomever. And then we bring in that integration. So I'm not here to force every customer on every part of my, my platform. I want to make their life easier. And if that means bringing in David's unbelievable software program, let's bring in David's program and let's make it better for the community. This and it community is unbelievable, is- believe me. You're, <laughs> you're gonna want it. Oh. This community has been successful <laughs> up, up to this point because for a very large part, everybody does it for the, the, the larger community as a whole and mm-hmm. work is no different. The more this community rises, the more work is gonna rise. Right, right, as it develops and changes. And, yep. um, and not to pump your tires, but I imagine well, I know this industry changes a lot, particularly compliance. And if you try to do it yourself and develop your own processes, that that's going to be a full-time job and you're not out there selling. Um, not to mention taxes change, you know, payroll changes. Uh, what's the, what's, go ahead, though, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. Think of one, and I'm not sure if they have this in Canada, but in the U.S., every office you have, and now remote, there's certain state laws you have to have posted. And there's posters everybody has usually in a break room or a kitchen. Right. And certain employment laws. Right, of course. Well, yeah. now you have to do that for every remote employee. So you've got a, mm. a remote employee in Montana, you've mm. got to do that for them. Well, we came up with a service that automates that for our customers. So once they sign up, we go in there off of every zip code and we can we have the, the poster online now for, for like somebody like me who works from home. You go in there, you acknowledge it, you save it to your computer, 
you're compliant for that state. So it's little things like that that we just take off of them instead of them having to make a trip down to um, Walmart or Office Depot and buy that poster. And then a right. lot of times those rules change every six months. So you have to yeah. go buy another poster. Mm -hmm. We're, that's just a small example of, of little solutions we bring to make our customers' lives easier. I'm talking to Scott Kenyon uh, from Work, which is a, a rather robust software system managing uh, HR, payroll, human capital management, a new, word, a new phrase I've learned. Um, is, there, is there sort of a, the core of your, what would be the core of your product? Where do people tend to start with it? Or what, you, what would you recommend? Again, take me through the small, medium, large, yeah, the core That's of everything is, is payroll, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Pay their, their employees, but past that, I would say it's 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 onboarding, right? How do you onboard oh. uh, a, an employee? And what happens is the HR leaders and our customers will onboard a new hire, and then that goes to every other system they have. They can pull from our system, so it automatically populates where before that, they would have to go in and do that for David, and then they'd go over here to another program and do it again for David. So we've sped up that process and allows our platform to talk to all of their other software um, products that they have. So if I understood in English, like, okay, David's hired, by the way, congratulations, good hire. And now not only am I gonna get paid, but I can access the learning center. I'm get all the aspects, all the information I need, all my addresses, I'm accessing that stuff and it's not, you know, all siloed. Correct. That's cool, yeah. Um, I need you on my marketing team. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the onboard, you got an onboarding process, why not? Yeah. Um, take me through, uh, give us an example of, of all your clients where you changed how they approached their work made their lives better? That's Is that an unfair question. question? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, I, I'm trying to think of, you know, for a small business. So for small business for us, it's under 50 employees. And- Well, that's a, interesting too, because that's not small, really. No. Well, you know, uh, in software, yeah. Every software vertical has a different definition for small, mid, enterprise right so um that's that's just how we do it at work and so but you're right if i had a company with 50 employees i wouldn't think it's small my, my company currently has 80 employees i don't think it's small now you say it that way i need to right. think about that okay yeah <laughs> but but so maybe uh, coke has more exactly and could, yeah. you know like exactly yeah so give me yeah. yeah just to let's let's put some flesh on the bones of this theoretical platform yeah, you know. so the the for a small business, I talked to a dispensary owner in Pueblo, Colorado, that was really just struggling keeping up with the taxes. They, they said, "Hey, we keep getting dinged on taxes, and there's a you know five hundred dollar fine here, two hundred dollars in interest here, blah blah, all these things." And and they only had, I believe, they had eight employees at the time, and they were able to load those in our system, and the system automated which taxes need to be paid, ping them and reminded them, um, and would keep reminding them until they clicked it off saying, we don't need to pay their taxes. And, and this, this woman um, shared with me, she said, Scott, this is just, I can sleep better. She goes, I think I'm getting an extra hour of sleep every night because I don't have to worry about that. 
That's so yeah. nice. That's a great story. Yeah. When yeah. someone actually says, thank you for doing this on a, on for an sure. emotional level. Yeah. Rather than just, okay, tick. It was real. And, and so my next cool. example, but it wasn't an emotional response like you just said. So one of our larger clients said, we need a uh, learning management system. And we said, okay, we've got this. Yeah. But what are you really trying to go do? And she told us that we're looking at this learning management system. Here's what we're paying, blah, blah, blah. And she said, well, we can add that onto your system for, I think it was like a third of the cost of what they were going to go pay. Um, now, it didn't have all the bells and whistles that they wanted over there, but it had enough of what they needed. And she, she was like, you made me a hero. I just went back to the CFO and said, hey, I found an equivalent product for 70% less. Right? So that was an example of an enterprise customer that's just in a regular one-on-one -on -one me checking in with her. She says, yeah, we're, we're actually about to go sign for this new fancy LMS mm -hmm. system. I said, well, shame on us. We've got something like that. So then that's an example uh, at an enterprise level. So what's, um, not that you're, without giving away too many secrets, where do you see this developing? Because it could develop in like uh, software. You could, you could keep adding functionality or, or is it more about getting deeper into what you already have? It's about, it, it's both. That's a great question, by the way. It, it is both. We do need to get deeper. Our customers have, historically gradually made us get deeper into these certain areas but really the last two years two years they're asking for more advanced solutions as well um, so an example of that is our lms system you know we didn't have a very robust lms system because in the beginning not many people were focused on it they were just trying to keep their doors open stay compliant blah 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 but now the, we have real companies that have been around for a while, they want to develop their, their teams. And, and so, you know, developing new solutions for our customers is key. And, and going into the future, I know what, and I have a team of product experts that know what every company, similar size in different industries needs and uses. And so we know where the product gaps are. And now we have enough people coming in from outside of cannabis. They're like, hey, where's my, Blah, blah, blah. Prime example, advanced scheduling. A scheduler that gets really deep into half oh, hour scheduling or 15 right. minute scheduling, right. part time employees, interns, like all kinds of things that they didn't need two years ago. So right. those are the products. And those companies, I, I did, my COO who started last year came from 20 plus years in the payroll business. And she came in and she says, Hey, do you have this solution? And I was like, No. She asked me, and after like the fifth time she asked me something, I said, stop asking. Yeah. And <laughs> My head's starting to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she was just at a at the International Independent Payroll Providers of America's convention last week. Right. And she said she was like the cute new girl at school. And she's been there for cannabis. 20 years. Right. And everybody wanted to know about her experience in cannabis. And we right. want to jump in there and help support cannabis companies, but we're scared. And are we going to lose our license? And and she was like, she was a calm, she said it was a calming effect, but she was, it made me realize I made the right decision to jump into cannabis. So, do you yeah. Do you find your business has been spurred on by internal, like internal discussion? Here's what we need. Or has the business itself, as it continues to evolve and expand, has driven you to do this stuff? I think it's both. I think in the first couple of years, it was the first part of your, your response. Oh, the second okay. is now we're, we're like just, 
the bulb in the ground right now waiting for springtime to, to bloom. Right. Right. There's something we have different ideas now. All those can't bloom at the same time. Um, but but now we're thinking which order goes into it. I, I just talked to my chief of strategy and she was telling me these are the projects we need to take off the plate for this year. And I was like, we're only, you know, 60 days, 70 days. Into the year. <laughs> exactly. Wait a second. Yeah. So it, it is. Get to There's the learning center. A, Learn something. Work yeah. more. There's never a lack of ideas, but we have to prioritize it right. and we use our customer base to, to gauge what they need. Um, and I'll tell you that the biggest thing right now is our customers want to use their data in more and more ways, which is great because they're going to make better decisions. That's cool. Do you see a final question? Do you, as the industry expands, is it going to be, uh, our, how is that going to affect your business? over the next five years or, and that the corollary to that is, where do you see this in five years? Who is work in five years? Would I, if I called you up in five years, would we be having the same conversation or is it going to be, wow, Dave, you, this is what we're doing. What's your core to crystal ball of, of that? In, in five years, the things we're going to be talking about are going to be way sexier and cooler than what we're talking about now. Right. <laughs> That's because you and me are going to be way sexier and cooler. <laughs> yeah. That's more that. My, my teenage like, daughter. Give, give, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> my teenage daughter says I'm anything but cool and sexy. So. Oh well. Oh. Yeah, she doesn't get you. <laughs> I'm getting you. So is it like uh, because the 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 industry is going to have evolved, and the velocity, at the sheer size of the industry, or is it more the complexity? I I don't I don't think the size is going to change much about our business. What's going to change? a ton about how our clients run their business, including you and I, is what employees are going to be demanding. You know, post-COVID, flexible schedules, flexible locations, um, long-time, long-term time off. I mean, things like that that will really complicate. um, Sure they do. I totally do. It helps retain your employees, which is way... I'll take retain my employees for 4,000, Alex, before I, I take right. you know, complicated. I'll keep on, onboarding, onboarding, onboarding. Well, we have been talking to Scott Kenyon at work um, and learning about, and I am certainly learning about the complexities of, of just dealing with your people, dealing yep. with your, and, and payroll, and how that's going to continue to evolve. And if you aren't using work, you have to use something like it, it sounds like. Or, or at some point, that problem's going to overwhelm you. Or, or you'd say teeny, 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 which oh, there's something to that maybe. Um, but if you're not going to do that, uh, it sounds like you need to get your head into this, which uh, it's a funny thing about business. No one got into cannabis because of their, I wonder what payroll system I need. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty soon, the payroll systems may be more important than the cannabis. Yeah. Or, or it's going to sink you. Thank you very much. This is very like, um, let me, let me, I forgot to mention, you need to go to enjoywork.com and that's W-U-R-K, enjoywork.com uh, and find out all about uh, what a work has to offer and, and, and learn. Uh, I, uh, lots of good stuff there. Uh, I checked great. it out myself. Uh, Scott, thank you so much. This was great. This was really, and we're going to um, hold you to words, but I'm not going to wait five years. I'm going to wait some months and we're going to check back in on you and see, and see how things are developing. Thank you, David. Cheers. So, yeah, you're welcome. Sounds like a great uh, offering. And we will be uh, back 
uh, with uh, sort of wrapping up the show uh, on the business. The business of cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www. So welcome back. This is Cannabis with Dave Sky and Matt Cook. And we have had the pleasure of talking to Lori Rosen of the Rosen Group um, and Scott Kenyon of Work, W-U-R-K. Um, so maybe some different, um, different areas. Obviously, we got, we got um, you know, earned media and uh, publicity and all that and, uh, and, and sort of payroll and uh, time management and workforce management. But uh, as I was listening to them uh, speak, I thought that's why I thought it would be a good show to put them together is really they're dealing with business problems that have nothing to do with cannabis. No, they're they just, just are in helping cannabis. They're, it's just you need PR, you need to deal with your workforce and your people and payroll and scheduling and whether you're selling um, shoes or you're in manufacturing, it doesn't matter. Uh, aeronautics, cannabis, you got to deal with this stuff. Right. I mean, I know you have a lot of, uh, of um, experience in PR and, and PR marketing. And marketing and um, you know, you heard. That, I mean, it's, it's one of these things that people know they have to do it and they put it off and put it off because it's not core to what they, what they do. If you're running a dispensary, you have a million other things you have to worry about. Uh, PR is probably pretty low on the list. Um, but you know, I remember the first time I used a PR agency for, for one of my companies, and we were you know, maybe a million bucks, million five in revenue. And uh, a good PR person can make a massive difference. All of a sudden, you're on, um, you're on TV and... Um, you know, in, in newspapers and magazines and, um, and, and it also can help your, your web presence by having links to articles that link back to your site and um, just it creates a, a huge awareness and, um, and tied that in with a, with a well-designed and executed marketing plan. Um, and then you don't have to worry about it. But if it's not core to what you do, uh, it's very difficult, A, to know how to do it and B, to actually allocate the time uh, within your day to, um, to strategize and then, you know, who's gonna execute it, right? Yeah, no, you know, it's easy to spend money. Yep. So that's very, I, I know with other businesses, it's very hard to convince people to spend on something that isn't tangible because you can't see it and you can't see its effects. Right. It could be a year from now, it could be never, it could require relentlessness. Like, you know, it's not the first article, it's the 10th. Are you yep. ready? Are you going to spend that much money? You may or you may not. It almost always pays off. Well, and that, and But you can waste a lot of money too in these areas. Um, 
Well, because I think it's there kind of be. like it's kind of like um, you know, let's say you're playing uh, you're playing you're playing blackjack, and you sit down at the table with fifty bucks. Hit me. Oh, 50. Okay. No, it's a twenty-five dollar. <laughs> so buy. you want to play for three minutes? Yeah. Yeah. You play, you play two hands, and you're like, oh, this game sucks. Whereas sure. if you sat down at the table with two thousand, uh, and you're betting twenty-five dollars a hand, um, you can ride out kind of those you know, ups and downs. And, you know, with... Well, with, hold on. If you play like me, you just play for a little longer. You go, this game sucks, but yes. continue. <laughs> no difference, but, just longer. But with PR and marketing, um, yeah. it's a longer term investment and you have to... And once you start seeing those results, and sometimes they can take months or, you know, more than a year. Um, but once you start seeing them, they're, they're consistent and, um, you know, you, you'll see the huge impact on your business. Yeah. And I guess it's like infrastructure. Uh, you don't notice a road until there's potholes. Right. Uh, you don't notice inefficiencies in payroll or paying 280 or whatever it is you're doing mm -hmm. um, until you spent four hours a day dealing with this stuff and making mistakes and employees complaining and running, chasing after a check or whatever e-transfer that did or didn't go through. Right. Um, and, and then you offload it and then you go, what, what, what was I thinking? I, but I, it takes a bit of, uh, what's the word? A commitment. I mean, it's different when you're a huge player and you have this knowledge base and the money, but when it's your money, it's hard. Um, even if you're a reasonable sized business to make the commitment to put in the infrastructure to be efficient. But even, um, you know, I know with, with one of my businesses, we were, you know, not a, not a big company by any means, but payroll was manageable. And um, it just became this, um, you know, albatross around uh, my neck um, because it's just, another thing, you know, in your day and you have to worry about, did this person get paid correctly? And it's just like, you know what, as soon as we outsourced it, exactly to your point, it was just like a weight off my back. Um, they worry about issuing all the remittances and W2s or, um, you know, T4s or whatever it might be. And it just makes your life a lot easier, um, especially, and also like time tracking and things like that. It's, uh, it, it's more about what is core to my business? And this was always my, my philosophy after, you know, the first couple of times I, I, I stumbled in business. <laughs> focus on what you're good at and what your core business is and outsource everything else. So yeah, that's hard uh, to do. And maybe if you're an accountant or something, you'll take on certain things or you're a lawyer, you'll take on certain things. You want to outsource that, yeah. but there's no, uh, there's no rule, but like I, I have, I have a finance degree. Um, but you know, I didn't want to spend hours uh, working on my uh, corporate taxes. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, what is the point? You, you just you just ignored it <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> and hope it went away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was impressed with uh, Scott's offering, and whether it's work and like I said, whether it's work or not doesn't matter, as yeah. long as you have handled these things and you sh probably shouldn't do it yourself. The same with and with PR, almost certainly, unless you spent years in it, you can't do it but you got to do it and it'll definitely pay off. But yeah, it could be expensive because it's things that are like, that's why they called it earned media. You know, anything yeah. earned is expensive. If it well, was, it's free it media. Depends. Yeah. Okay. But you're getting what you pay for. It depends on what your business is too. Like if you're a local dispensary, of course. 
spending tens of thousands of dollars on PR, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but if you're like a multi-state operator or you're a you know, big producer or equipment manufacturer in the industry, um, it can go a long way. Well, we will we will have to pick this up another uh, another time because I, I have lots to say about that because sometimes the local it could really pay off because then you become the big fish in a small pond. Um, you don't necessarily have to spend tens of thousands. You can, no, you can do other things. You're right. Uh, sweat equity stuff rather than that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But let's we have to jump off and say goodbye because uh, we've reached that time. Uh, thank you, Matt. Thank you to our listeners as always, of course. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Cash Tech Currency Products, our sponsor. Uh, go to uh, www.cashtechcurrency.com uh, to check out uh, their cash management system. I'm Dave Sky on behalf of Matt Cook, and uh, this has been the business of cannabis. Mm-hmm.